Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode number 131 of ADHD for Smartass Women. How are you doing? You know, if you're here in the States, I hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. We went to my brother and sister-in-law's in Roseville, which is right outside of Sacramento. I'm in Northern California, and they bought this big, beautiful home on the golf course. And because of COVID, it was the first time that we were in their home, and it was certainly the first time that we've been part of a, a big event in the last, what, 16 months, right? Actually, it wasn't even that big. There were maybe 14 of us there, but it was so nice to be celebrating with others. Although when they pulled out the fireworks, I was absolutely terrified that they were going to burn the neighborhood down. And clearly their neighbors, they weren't worried at all because they were all doing the same thing. But, you know, the fires in our area have been so bad. And at least for us, we're about two hours closer to the coast than they are. We had only about 45% of normal rainfall this past winter, so we are especially dry. So happily, nothing caught on fire, but I still don't know what their community is thinking allowing fireworks. Sorry. Those things, I mean, we're literally sitting there in our, you know, little lawn chairs out in the front, and thankfully, they have this giant driveway that's all concrete. So that's where they were on the driveway and then into the street. But these things like they shoot sparks everywhere and, you know, they're banned in our area. So I'm not sure why Roseville allows them. But in any case, there were no fire trucks coming to our home, right? So I am going to start with some ADHD for smart-ass women Apple Podcast reviews And I just want to say thank you so much for those of you that take the time to post them because it does help us get the word out so that we are able to help more listeners just like you. And you're the whole reason for this particular 1 million gold stars podcast episode. So 1 million gold stars and as many thank yous to you for posting them. 
So our first one is from, from Lizard Queen Z, and she titles it Speechless. For the first time in my life, I am completely speechless, but in the best way possible. I cannot say enough wonderful things about this podcast. I listen while I'm working. Well, thank you, Speechless. We love that kind of speechlessness, so I appreciate it. The next one is from um, Stacy 722 and she titles it, So Grateful life-changing podcast. I'm so eternally grateful that I found this podcast. I'm 28 and I've just started graduate school for speech pathology. You go, Stacy. I'm in the process of getting screened and tested for ADHD through my university's counseling center. I also have anxiety, so I felt ashamed, embarrassed, and alone when I realized I clearly have all the symptoms of ADHD. This podcast has helped me change my mindset about ADHD and recognize Recognize that I'm in control. Yes, you are, you and that brilliant ADHD brain of yours. Good luck to you, Stacy. The final review is from Another Girl Missed, and she titles it, This Podcast is a Launching Board Toward Next Right Steps. I was diagnosed with ADHD at 34 years old this week. Welcome. <laughs> it's a good news diagnosis, isn't it? It's only up from here. So, that wasn't part of the review. She goes on to say, I have a lifetime of experiences that should have led me to this realization sooner, but here I am. You're still a baby. Just now putting it all together. I took the weekend to get away on a solo trip and took the time to really dig into my feelings about all of this. I was on a hike and randomly searched podcasts for women with ADHD, and I found your podcast. I listened to that one, and then another, and another, and another. It wasn't just the hyperfocus kicking in. I was relating and learning so much. I've got tangible next steps of coaches and yoga I want to look into. That's huge for me. I have forgiven myself for things I didn't even know I was holding on to. I'm tapping into understanding myself in a whole new way. So thank you. Thank you for each and every episode. You are changing lives by casting the light on how to thrive and pivot with, wait, on how to thrive and pivot, I think, as a woman living with ADHD. Thank you so much, Another Girl Missed, for your very kind words. And I am just so appreciative that my work is making a difference in your life. So more gold stars to you because you're giving them back to me, right? It's just kind of like this cycle. So there's one thing that I wanted to say. A couple podcasts ago, I read a review from someone named, well, this is, you know, what her caption is, NXJ 37492638 And I got two comments from listeners saying, I guess what I said is her name is half NXJ and a bunch of numbers. And they thought that what I was doing was making fun of her last name and not even trying to pronounce it. But literally her username is half NXJ 37492638. So that literally is her name. Please know that I would make every attempt to pronounce any name. I'm half Japanese, right? So I know about names that are difficult to pronounce. So anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, you know that we struggle to celebrate, right? It's the reason we often think that we haven't done anything with our lives. We're done with one thing, and rather than patting ourselves on the back and acknowledging what we've accomplished, we're like, next, 
and we move on to the next thing. And this is because of something called reward deficiency syndrome. So the way our brains are wired, we rarely get the amount of satisfaction that we expect to get when we've accomplished something. So what do we do? We just jump right into the next thing. It's also what's responsible for all kinds of struggles and addictions, whether we're talking about food, alcohol, drugs, etc. So you start drinking that one glass of wine or eating that piece of cake with an expectation of a certain level of satisfaction that never comes. So that leads to the second glass of wine or the second piece of cake, and that doesn't do it either, and so on and so on. What's the solution? Well, we can start by pausing and making ourselves celebrate, really taking the time to acknowledge what we've accomplished. And you might know by now that this is what I really struggle with. Uh, Many of you have probably heard me talk about how in college I coined the term post-final depression because rather than be excited about my midterms and finals, you know, ending, um, like all my friends were, I always felt kind of down, like, oh my gosh, isn't there anything more? And despite the fact that I graduated from college and graduated from law school and then graduated from graduate law school, the only graduation of the three I attended was law school. And that was because my parents made me. So I was always focused on the next thing to accomplish, right? Rather than pausing and appreciating what I had actually just accomplished. So this podcast episode, it's going to be all about celebrating our podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women, because guess what? We have now surpassed 1 million downloads. Who would have ever thought that? I mean, certainly not me. And it's funny, but Once I'm there, I'm kind of like, okay, well, what's next? Rather than just being in the moment and being able to celebrate this accomplishment. So anyway, my live video tech expert and friend, Sandra Santorino, she is really good about celebrating. And she's got ADHD, but she's super good about it. And she's one of those women that's always getting her hair done, her nails done. She's all about pampering and self-care. I think she's meditated for... 900 and some odd straight days. It may be more than that. I I think it was more than three years. And she did it all, you know, in her own podcast. So she's one of those people. She'll try all the newest spa things. I remember when she did a live video going into one of those cryotherapy booths where I think it's below, it's probably not below freezing, but it's really, really cold, right? All those fumes are coming out of the, you know, it's like, they're not fumes. What are they called when it's really cold? It's not smoke, but it looks like smoke. Oi, sound like an idiot. Anyway, I am the absolute opposite of her. And I'm kind of cheap when it comes to spending money on those kinds of things. So, you know, what I'll do with my hair is I wait till I can't stand it anymore. And then, of course, at the very last minute, I need to get in to get my hair cut, right? I am every hairstylist's worst nightmare. In truth, I also don't like sitting there. I feel like I'm actually being held captive, but I've had the same stylist for 20 years and I still cannot believe he hasn't fired me. I think it's because of my husband, who's the absolute opposite of me. He's always the one that, you know, when he's sitting in the chair, he makes the appointment for the next appointment. And it's always, you know, the standing appointment four to five weeks out. And I think because our stylist, Joe, who is awesome, I love him. I think because he loves my husband, he's kind of stuck with me, right? So anyway, when Sandra found out 
Boy, I digressed. When Sandra found out that our podcast had just surpassed 1 million episodes, not 1 million episodes, 1 million downloads, 1 million episodes really would be something to celebrate, don't you think? Anyway, she asked me, so what are you going to do to celebrate? She asks those kinds of questions all the time. And I had this blank look, you know, we were on Zoom and I said, I don't know. And she said, I think you should have a podcast episode dedicated to this accomplishment. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, you need to do this. And then I thought about it and I concluded that she was right because you're my people, right? And I think I'm your people. So I was also thinking this weekend that you're really the only people that I could celebrate this with. You know, it dawned on me this morning that I just came off of a really busy, busy weekend where we were packed with seeing friends and family. Like I said, the first really busy weekend since COVID. We're all vaccinated. You know, all of that is taken care of. And I hadn't seen so much, you know, so many of these friends and family for a long, long time. And I realized that not one person the entire long weekend asked me about how things are going and what I'm up to. And part of it is no one has a clue about any of this online stuff, right? Where it's not in person. And so it's so hard to celebrate with people whose eyes glaze over when you try to explain anything about the online virtual world. But then when you add in that part that it's about ADHD, I'm sure it's not intentional. They really don't know what to ask. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't have a clue what I'm doing. And I've actually heard other online coaches and entrepreneurs say the same thing. So, of course, when you add ADHD to it, it just gets so much worse. But what this means is that I've stopped volunteering information and trying to explain it, which is why you're stuck celebrating with me here today right? You know exactly what's going on because you're here. And many of you wonderful, wonderful souls have been here. I should say wonderful, wonderful smart asses have been here from the beginning. And you have no idea how much I value and appreciate your support. And so today I'm going to share with you what I've learned from working hard to get my millionth download how this podcast has literally changed my life for the better, and how you can use what I've learned to move that big thing forward that only you know what that is, right? That will likely change your life too. And as I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I want to be fair. My sister-in-law, who's a therapist, she did say some very complimentary things about our group and what we've been up to and how she's constantly referring anyone with ADHD our way. So I want to be fair. She gets it, but she's the only one. Okay, so let's start with the number one thing I've learned. Okay, number one, the importance of being future-focused versus past-focused. And I know I've talked about this many times. I devoted a whole podcast episode to it. So what am I talking about if you haven't heard that episode? Well, people who are past-focused, we use the fact that you know, we don't know how to do something as a reason not to do it versus people who are future focused. We don't let the fact that we don't know how to do something stop us from doing it. So I want you to think back when you were little. If you didn't know how to do something, you just kind of figured it out, right? If you wanted to learn how to play the piano or for me, I remember I was really into sewing and I wanted to learn how to sew a dress or play soccer. You just did it. It never dawned on you to even think about the fact that you didn't know how to do something as a reason to not do it. 
hell, you didn't know how to do anything, right? You just jumped right in and you tried. So when do we stop trying? When do we start using our past as an indicator of what's possible in our life? We don't do anything that we don't already know how to do, and we won't try anything new because we use the fact that we don't know how to do something as the reason why we shouldn't do it, right? So no wonder everything stays exactly the same, right? So I want to be really transparent that this is an idea that um, I first heard on Brooke Castillo's podcast. I think it's called The Life Coach School. I think it was on her podcast. I'm pretty sure it was her that I first heard using the terms future-focused and past-focused. And I just, right away, it, it just kind of gelled with me. So because, and this is really important, everything that is possible which is everything, and we often don't realize just how possible most of our dreams really are, is built from our future, not from our past. I want you to think about it. If you only build from your past, what are you going to get? Yeah, what you already have. And I guess that's fine, but only if you don't want something more, right? And so the only way to build something new is by getting uncomfortable and acting and getting out of your head, not just thinking about acting, but actually doing and learning in an area you know little or nothing about. You don't know what you're doing while you're doing it. I mean, none of us do, right? But you're learning. And before you know it, you do know what you're doing. And that means that you're always in your future. And guess what happens when you try and you fail at something enough times? Yeah, you learn how to do it. And then you get better and better at it. And ultimately, as we've said many times, action is what builds confidence. I want to point this out because if you've been feeling a lot of negative emotion, I want you to consider this right here, okay? That working in your future is what brings you positive emotion and energy every time because you're not using your past as a reason why you can't move that big thing forward or learn something new or find joy or whatever it is, right? You find positive emotion by having the courage to try new things. You find positive emotion by having the courage to master new things. You find positive emotion by making yourself proud. And all of that is in your future. It's never in your past. So this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women, it confirmed that for me tenfold. I had no idea what I was doing. I remember when I wanted to start a podcast and it took me probably a year from the time I thought about it to the time I actually did something about it. The whole idea of a podcast, it was just so daunting and overwhelming. I had no idea where to even start. Now I look back on it and I realize that ugh, it wasn't that big of a deal. I made a huge deal out of something that really wasn't that difficult. It just seemed so difficult because I hadn't done it before. Ultimately, it came down to writing a description of what the podcast was about, getting an image together, recording four episodes, and then submitting all of this to a few podcast platforms, which you upload once to your podcast hosting platform, and then they send it where you want it to be sent. And I didn't even do this myself. I hired someone to, you know, of course, I recorded the episodes. I, well, I wrote the description and I recorded and outlined all of the episodes. So, of course, it was all me on the podcast episodes. But all the other stuff, I didn't do it myself. I hired someone so it would be even easier. I asked myself, well, how do I make it easier? Because the goal is to get it done. The goal is not to be able to say, oh, I did this all myself, which in truth, 
That used to be my goal. I mean, it was ridiculous. If I didn't do every little step myself, somehow I felt like I was cheating. I mean, that's insane, right? Nobody's asked me, did you upload everything, um, all your episodes and everything to Libsyn is the platform that I use. Did you do that all yourself? You know, do you edit your own podcast? Nobody asks me that unless they're thinking about starting a podcast. I gave myself enough time and I broke it down into the smallest pieces possible. So one item on my list was to create a title for my first episode. And this was after I had already recorded the episode. So I knew, you know, exactly what it was about. I kind of had an idea of title, but that's how small I would make my to-dos. And the deal I struck with myself was that it didn't matter how little the podcast to do was, as long as I got something done every workday. It moved slowly, but it moved. And I should actually say, I don't even know if it was something every workday. It was probably about three times a week. You know, I don't even think that I made myself do something every single day. Maybe I did. I can't even remember. Okay. So my second lesson, number two, was you really have to figure out what works for you. A podcast, it turns out, is really the best teacher on how if you do a little bit for a whole year... It's so amazing how much you can actually get done because I'm no different than you. I struggled to remain consistent and I was so worried that I couldn't do it, which is why I couldn't think about doing it for a year. I couldn't even go there with my brain. I would have quit. I could only pay attention to what was right in front of me, which was one week at a time. For the first six months, it literally almost took up the whole week. Not really, but I was worried about it, right, for a whole week. And then what would happen is I ended up recording it on a Friday, like right before the deadline. And I realized that I couldn't continue on like that because it prevented me from getting a lot of other things done that I think could have gotten done a lot quicker had I not been consistently worried about this silly podcast in the back of my brain. What I discovered, though, was that I could batch record four episodes at a time. And that worked brilliantly for me. That meant that I would spend the better part of that week just on the podcast, but then I wouldn't have to worry about it for three weeks, which was so much more efficient, right? So when I say the better part of the week, I would be focused just on the podcast, like all four episodes of the podcast. I would do the research. I would do the outlining. I would do the recording. And that just seemed to work so much better for me. My problem, and I'm sure you can relate, is always about starting. But once I start, I can't stop. So this batch recording of podcasts, it just made so much more sense. I was in my lane. I was totally paying attention to one thing, and it was so much easier. And guess what? Over time, it started to feel so much more manageable. I learned how to do it quicker and more efficiently, right? I was no longer worried about, oh my God, can I keep this up? You know, am I going to be able to last through the next week or the following week? By then, I was also getting regular gold stars from all of you in the form of emails and direct messages and reviews. And I realized that in my own ADHD way, what I set up that would work for me, batching, and then building accountability in the form of not wanting to let down my listeners who were sharing messages with me like, you've changed my life, or I wait every week for the next episode, that those were the things that really kept me um, on track. You know, it kept me within the rails. And I don't know about you, 
but I've said this before, I will disappoint myself, but I won't ever disappoint someone else. And that was key for me to maintain consistency. So I built a workaround. And that leads me to number three. Don't believe what you think and what they say about you is none of your damn business. I'm like you. A hundred people can say wonderful things and rave to the ends of the earth, but give me one person that says something nasty and guess what I will focus on? The nasty person. So I knew that the only way I could do this is if I kept my head down and I just kept going. What other people said about me was none of my business because I knew that that would sidetrack me and likely even stop me from moving forward and getting into action, right? I'd be stuck in my head instead of in my body, moving all this forward. I kept my head down for a year and a half and I just kept working. The podcast was growing. It seemed to be doing well. I did get a lot of messages, oftentimes every day, right? From you, my listeners, but honestly, I really didn't have a clue What was really going on with the podcast? Remember, I am not a numbers person. I had no idea what a successful podcast even looked like. I didn't know what it needed to be considered successful. And that's when I talked to a literary agent who looked at my numbers, and he's the first one who told me, you know what, Tracy, that podcast of yours, it's doing really well. So then I ended up hiring Elise over at She Podcast to look at my podcast, and she shared the numbers with me. And I couldn't believe it because I hadn't paid attention to any of it. I honestly, I didn't even care. All I cared about was the fact that I loved doing it, and my work seemed to be making a difference in other people's lives, so I just kept my head down. To this day, I do not go searching for what people think. The only place I ever look is on Apple Podcasts, and that's just when I use the reviews for like here for our intro. I mean, obviously, I have to read them. I don't go on Reddit. I don't read comments on YouTube. Every once in a while, they pop up on my phone on notifications, and if I see one and I feel called to respond, I might, but I rarely do that. You know, when I do my live Master Series trainings, we have the chat running. We also have a free Facebook group that runs with it, and if people tag me, I try and respond, but I've had all kinds of people tell me to go back and read the chats because they were so good. And my VAs are often trying to get me to go back and they'll tag me in a group thread because, you know, everybody's so nice in what they're saying. And I'm like, I just, I choose not to read what people write about me because I know that no matter how hard I work, how hard I try, how good my content might be, there's always going to be someone who disagrees with me, who I've slighted or offended, I didn't consider, you know, on and on. And this is the thing their comments, you know, do affect me, which means I spend time considering, do they have a point? And that at a minimum, it wastes time, you know, if they really don't. And worst case, it makes me change what I do and my actions. And then I'm losing focus. I'm getting sidetracked. I'm moving away from that intuitive place of who I really am. And then I'm doing less of what I really want to do that, frankly, I believe I really need to do. So because I don't read the bad stuff, (laughs) I feel like, you know, I shouldn't be reading the good stuff. So that's just, and I'm always afraid that if I'm going into the good stuff, I'm going to read some bad stuff. So 
I have developed this philosophy that, you know, what they say about me is none of my business and that's just what I do. So it's interesting though, one of the women that participated in this last free master series that I ran, Five Days to Fall in Love with Your ADHD Brain, she is so smart, so amazing. And frankly, she's doing exactly what she should be doing. I mean, I'm certain of it. She loves it. And she shared with me that she's created this wonderful community that's free and she would regularly get these amazing messages of appreciation from her membership. And so she wanted to continue to grow the community, but it was really expensive to continue to do so. So she started to charge. It was like $6, I think, for three months for her newsletter. That's literally what, $2? I mean, I, can't, I don't do math well, but I know that's $2 a month. <laughs> And some of the members for asking for $6 for three months, they were so nasty and irate. You know, how dare she charge for this service she's provided for free for the last year or year and a half. And she was so upset by it at all that she just kind of dropped it. But she realized that she could raise everything she needed from just 12 members who recognized her brilliance, who loved what she was doing and were more than happy to support her. And that made her really become aware of the fact that, look, I don't need to have many people that support me. It's not about the numbers. What I need is just a few of the right people that support me and what I do. And I just absolutely love that story because... It really is so true. It is about environment and being around the right people, right? Being around our people. And I have another story. So, you know, it just made me remember that, you know, when I had my high-end women's wear company, I've told you that I ran this company and 60% of our business was Saks, Neiman Marcus, and Nordstrom. And there was one very trendy, hot boutique that was always in the news. The celebrities were always photographed in this store. It was in Los Angeles. And I really wanted to have our collection there. And so the owner buyer, she was both of the store, came to one of our shows. And what she told me is, you know, I don't think what you're doing right now is really right for our store, but I've been looking all over the place for a collection of interesting white women's shirts that are really high style, you know, high design, but really beautiful quality, because that's what we were known for was just our incredible quality. Now, we did everything in silk. <laughs> we didn't use cotton. We were super high-end, and honestly, as much as I would have liked to have been, you know, just completely on trend, we just weren't. You know, our customer base was pretty much 35 plus, but based on her request, what I did was I created a whole collection of white shirts for this one customer that really wasn't our avatar. So this buyer ended up ordering, but she was so difficult and such a pain in the rear that honestly, I didn't even want to work with her. But because this collection of white shirts didn't appeal to our typical avatar or buyer, no one else ordered but her. So I had created this whole collection and gone in a completely different direction, listening to one buyer. I ended up only running those shirts for one season. We got rid of them the next season. We got rid of the buyer. We got rid of the store. And the reality of it was that their customers, they weren't our people. She wasn't our people. Her store wasn't our people. 
But I had lost track of who we were and where our area of brilliance was, and I tried to be something we weren't, right? So I learned a big, expensive lesson. Okay, number four, what did I learn? Action generates positive emotion, and it's all about the positive emotion, baby. Yep. I have to constantly remind myself that I'm in control of what I think. And just because I think it doesn't mean it's true, right? Because my thoughts determine how I feel, and that in turn impacts how I act and the results that I get. Therefore, I want to think thoughts that spike positive emotion. We're gold star people. Our ADHD brains thrive with positive emotion and we wilt around negative emotion. Positive emotion in turn generates positive energy and that in turn motivates us to do what it is that we want to do. This motivation helps our focus, which in turn translates into more action. We do the stuff. We check off the to-dos on our to-do list. What happens when we get things done? We get the results we want. We accomplish what we want to accomplish. And that then continues the cycle, right? Your new thoughts are now, wow, I did it. Well, good for me. I am so proud of myself. I can do this. And then that creates more action, more results, and of course, even more dopamine. We are basically learning how to fire our own dopamine. But keep your head down and don't let anyone's opinion, advice, bad mood, or ill will allow you to break the cycle because it's all about action and positive emotion, right? Action builds the experience, which then builds the confidence. And what others think of us often gets us out of action, or at least the right kind of action. Remember, yeah, the boutique in Los Angeles, right? With the woman who wanted the white shirts. I shouldn't even been doing that. But somehow there was something that I wanted, right? I wanted to be, you know, in that boutique that was known as the hip is that even a word people use anymore? It was the it boutique, right? And so I was going to do whatever it took to get an order from her so that I could say I was in that boutique. Yeah, I can say I was in that boutique, but how did that serve me? How did that serve my company? How did that serve my existing client base, my existing buyers, right? Who they weren't going to buy that. It just took me away from what it was that we did that we were brilliant at. So does this mean you should never listen to what others say? No, I don't believe that at all. I mean, I've received comments from listeners that were totally legitimate, totally on point, or if nothing else, they made me consider something I hadn't thought about and I have absolutely addressed them and changed what I was doing or apologized or said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this differently. The key was that they were respectfully delivered and well thought out and they were correct. They made sense for me and what it is that I'm trying to do. Okay. Number five, it's never too late. And it's sister truth. You are never too old. Look, if you're bored, if you're feeling as if you're not living to your potential, if you know without a doubt that you're meant to do more with your life and you know deep down what it is that you really, really, really want to do, you have to do it. I am no different than you. I keep telling you this, right? So my daughter was in college. My son was in high school when I started this podcast two and a half years ago. And the weirdest thing that I remember thinking is, 
I want my kids to be proud of me, their mother. I want to be an example for them that was all about going after what you want, not getting cowed by fear or what other people might think. I wanted them to see that you didn't need fancy degrees or even any knowledge at all to do what you want and that it was okay to learn in public and develop an expertise by getting into action, by connecting with the right people and doing the work rather than collecting yet one more degree, which in truth, I feel like up until this podcast, I kind of hid behind that. And the thing is, it's never enough, right? I always needed another degree because I'm ADHD. And so there's always something new that I'm interested in that I don't know anything about. What I learned is more important than any degree is, is time in the trenches, doing the work and achieving results. And that's true, even though I had no plans to do anything more than just start a podcast to share information with other ADHD women that I felt wasn't being shared to the degree that I felt it needed to be shared. But because of my interest and my work, one thing led to another, right? Doors opened. So you never know where anything is going to lead. But if your area in air quotes, is in the sweet spot where your values, your strengths, your talents, skills, passions, and purpose intersect, I believe the sky is the limit for you. You know, I constantly hear, but I'm too old. I just got diagnosed at 56 and I'm too old. No, you're not. We have so many women in our AOK program that then move on to the AOK agency because they've graduated, right? And they have started new ventures and they are full of life and excitement and joy. And they're in their 50s and sometimes even in their 60s, right? With age comes wisdom. All the studies show that those that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and even beyond are much more likely to start new ventures and succeed. Your age is actually the perfect age. You have experience. You've developed better judgment. You have a much better sense of what's truly important to you. And over the years, guess what? You've honed a myriad of skills that you don't even recognize as skills right now, probably, right? And let me tell you what happens to the restlessness, the boredom when you just start and get visible. You meet the most interesting people. You meet your people. You start working with these people. You become friends with these people. You then meet their friends and your world just gets bigger and bigger. I don't know who said it, but you are an amalgamation of the five people that you hang around with the most, right? So be very selective about who those five people are. The best part of it is you get to work on those things that interest you the most. You get to live your purpose, which means that your work makes a difference in other people's lives. In short, you change lives. And I promise you that there is nothing that equals that feeling of hearing you've changed my life over and over and over again. I can't hear it enough. What do you think that does to your confidence on top of all of that? You know, I have to tell you, I really thought that, yes, I could change people's lives. I thought that from the beginning. I I thought it with cartography, which is, you know, my other patented system. I believed I could also change their lives in a matter of weeks. Yet, It was such an audacious claim that I was constantly asking myself, wait a minute, you can do this, right? You can do this, right? So I had to just step out there on a limb and say, yes, I can do this because deep down inside, I really believed I could. Now I know that without one shred of doubt, I can do it. And the more I did it, the more I realized that I could do that and I could do more. 
because I've done it over and over and over again. And this experience has taught me to trust myself. I've learned that I can do anything once I'm committed to doing it. I just have to do it one step at a time. And guess what? I am no longer ever bored. I can't tell you that I could have said that at any time in my life other than now. You know that I believe that every one of you is truly brilliant at something. And many of you already know what that is. You just need to act on it, right? And you think that thinking, thinking, thinking is somehow acting on it, somehow moving yourself forward, but it's not because you're still stuck in your head. Acting on it requires action. It requires you doing something. And ADHD women, by and large, were meant to lead in something. I'm sorry. I believe that with every fiber of my being. We don't do well in a group as one of many. We need to blaze our own path and forge our own trail. We need to do things our way. And the best part about this is that, well, we need to do it our way because we see things differently. We see openings other people don't see. And whatever we do, we always do it with a little bit of a twist, right? So that reminds me, you know, when I was in high school, my sister and um, our friends, we had mutual friends, took me for my birthday to the top of the Bank of America building. It was for my 16th birthday. And I think we went to the Carnelian Room in San Francisco. Now, kids didn't go to the Carnelian Room. I'm sure the waiter must have just thought, who the hell are these girls? You know, only adults with money typically went there. So I'm honestly not sure how we even afforded it. But for whatever reason, that's where we were for my 16th birthday. And I still remember I ordered a Perrier because we couldn't drink, right? And I ordered a Perrier with a twist. And I remember my friends asking, what's that? Well, it was basically a Perrier, which no one at the time drank. You know, today they're very common, but you really didn't know even what a Perrier was unless you were European. And a Perrier with a twist meant it had a sliver of citrus rind, right? Like a lime or a lemon. And I can't remember at the time when you said Perrier with a twist, which one did it come with? So my friends probably ordered Cokes and Pepsis. And I remember when I told them what a Perrier with a twist was, they literally rolled their eyes. And that's exactly how I see ADHD women. They just need to do things their way, right? If everyone is ordering Cokes and Pepsis, they're ordering a Perrier, and not just a Perrier, but a Perrier with a twist. If everybody else is saying navy blue, they're like, nope, we're going to do red. You know, there is always a twist, right? They struggle to just go along to get along. And those that do that and fade into the woodwork for fear of being noticed or, heaven forbid, making waves, well, that's exactly why their life isn't working, because you are meant to lead. It doesn't matter in what, just something. You're not meant to fade in with the rest of the, I don't know, what can I call them? How about beigers, right? <laughs> but when we feel like we're always too much, that's exactly what we do. The problem is not you. It's that you're not in the right environment. You're around the wrong people. You are not with your people. So those are the five key things that this podcast has taught me. But I want to make this tangible and applicable to you. I want you to think about what you'd really love to do. 
You know, that thing that you're scared to do, but it's a good scared. Maybe you're worried about what other people will say or think, and that's why you haven't done it, but it's still there, right? You think about it all the time, and it's been there for a while. And your gut tells you, do it in big, flashing letters. What if you just decide right now, enough, no more thinking, now's the time, I'm going to work on it, and then you just get into action. What if you did that? And if you did that, okay, that would be step one. So then what would step two be? Well, step two would be that you start talking about it. By talking about it, you make it real. You hear yourself sharing it with other people. It's no longer just in your head, right? Initially, though, I want you to only tell the people that are your people, the ones that are trustworthy and always supportive. But this is the deal. You need to make it clear. You're not asking them for their opinion. You're just asking for their support because you've already decided that this, this is what you are going to do. Now, we know that our ADHD brains, they're all about the shiny, right? We see something here and this is what we want to do. And then we're over there and that's what we want to do. However, in my experience, there's always something underneath all of this that we've been thinking about for a while, but it stays in our head. We don't do anything about it. Sometimes we might tell a friend. Sometimes we tell too many friends. But that's more about all those different ideas. But we never get into action. We don't tell anybody about that thing that we really, really want to do. But with all those little bright shinies, if we never get into action, it never becomes anything but one more thing we think about doing that we don't do. The key is really the intention, right? We want to pick that perfectly. No, let me get rid of perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. You do it. You get into action. You do more. You get information, and that's how we make things better and better. But there's no such thing as perfect. So the key is the intention that we pick that thing that really would help us move forward, that we have thought about for a long, long time, and we really want to do. So the thing we're choosing to do is what we've always wanted to do, but we've been too scared to admit it to anyone. And as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm realizing that whatever you choose right now, It doesn't even have to be that big at all if you're just not ready for that just yet. It just has to be something that you'd be really proud if you accomplished it. And accomplishing that one thing that makes you proud, guess what? It makes it so much easier to accomplish that next thing that makes you even prouder. So I want you to get out of your head and get into action. I want to teach you how to fire up your own dopamine and feel good when you're not having the best day, week, or month. And I'm telling you, the best way to do that is to get into action, do those things that are kind of scary, but a really good kind of scary. Okay, so let's say you've chosen the thing. Now I want you to sit down and put together a simple list with the big things that need to be done to accomplish it. So we're talking about big, broad categories. For my podcast, it was things like I had to choose a name, I had to write the description, I had, you know, to upload everything to my podcast platform, I had to um, record the first four episodes of the podcast. So once you have your broad categories on the punch list, 
Then I want you to break down each item, each one of those broad categories into the smallest possible tasks. And I want you to start with no more than three of these little bitty items each week. No more than that. That's all you need to accomplish. And that's all that will make it to your to-do list for that week. Now, Of course, you can add other things to your list, but no more than those three small things for this particular project that's just for you that we're talking about right now. So if you end up doing everything on the list and it's Wednesday, you know, all of those three things, of course, go ahead, add more. That's great. And if you just get the three items done, that is amazing. So that is great too. We typically though, as ADHDers, we just have way too much on our to-do list. No one could complete all of the stuff that we have on there. And so what ends up happening is we never end up celebrating our accomplishments. Instead, we beat ourselves up for what we didn't get done rather than looking at all the things we did get done. Remember, a little itty-bitty step each week, three little itty-bitty steps each week, will move your project forward. Okay, so that's step two. Now, next step, step three. Then I want you to get creative. Is there anything that would help you get your three items done this week? Could you schedule a working Zoom session with a friend? Could you go to a coffee shop and do it there? Could you schedule a Focusmate session? Focusmate is a virtual body doubling application, and we have a ADHD for smart-ass women Focusmate group over at Focusmate. And I think they charge, it's really nominal. I think it's $5 for unlimited sessions uh, per the month for the month. And you've heard me talk about it. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> I did an episode with, uh, God, what's her last name? Her name, first name is Rachel. And I think she has 1800, uh, Focusmate sessions that she's done and she, her whole life is scheduled around Focusmate. So, um, people have been very successful with it. Okay. So, The last question I want you to ask is, what has worked in the past when other things haven't? You know, if scheduling a Zoom session or going to a coffee shop, if that's, you know, if you think, I don't think that's going to work for me, well, what has worked in the past that has? So between you and me, I'm kind of sick of my house and I'm even sicker of my desk. Both of my kids are back in New York City, so it's just my husband and me and um, our little dog. And I have to tell you, after 16 months of being in this home, pretty much 24-7, I am kind of done. You know, the whole COVID thing. I'm totally done. And so I was struggling to find new ways of getting work completed that I struggled to get done. You know my big, my big problem. It's long-form writing. So <laughs> about two weeks ago, I literally dragged my husband to Restoration Hardware. So restoration hardware, if you don't have one in your area, it's this big, frankly, overpriced homeware store, but it's, it's furniture. It's basically, it's big furniture store. And in certain areas of the country, they have these restoration hardware stores where they have these big, beautiful restaurants up at the very top. And they're they're just these huge standalone buildings. And then they have, I think, two floors of furniture that you have to walk through two floors of furniture to get up to the very top where you can have lunch or dinner. And so they built one over in Corte Madero, which is about 35 minutes from where I live. And um, the outside of it is all decomposed granite. And then they have their outdoor furniture. And I mean, it's just chock full of this outdoor furniture and these, I don't know, they look like a hundred year old 
olive trees. I mean, it's just a beautiful setting. So there you've got all these tables and chairs and sofas, and it's all outside around um, this big store. And so I dragged him there. I dragged my rolling, you know, backpack with all or briefcase with all my stuff in it. And I literally sat down in the front of the restoration hardware on their furniture doing my work. And that's what they want. They're trying to, you know, develop more of a, I guess that it's kind of a lifestyle, you know, location that people come there just to kind of hang out. And I don't know, maybe they're going to have drinks and stuff. I, but right now it's just, you know, all of these, this beautiful furniture in this beautiful setting. So, you know, it's like, I've been testing these things, like what could work? What could I do? And that worked sort of, but Last week, I bought a new chair, and I moved our ratty but comfortable living room chairs to the bedroom. And, you know, they're slip-covered chairs, and they're white, and so they kind of have holes in them. They look pretty bad. So my plan is to slip-cover one or both of them, but I can't do that and put them in the bedroom, but I can't do that until I find a new bed. So I have no idea what fabric to re-slip-cover them in, so I've got my ratty, you know, <laughs> slip-covered chairs in the bedroom right now. And what I noticed over the past week is that I have taken three long phone calls in my bedroom, you know, with notes and everything in this one chair. The light is subdued. It's peaceful. No one is back there. And I realized that I can get things done there. I mean, it just feels really conducive to writing. So today I decided that I was going to write in that chair. And guess what? It worked. Look, I don't know what's going to work for you, but if you're working in an area of interest, I know that something will. So get creative, start paying attention, figure out your get it done formula. I mean, could it be in front of a restoration hardware or could it be in a coffee shop or could it be in your bedroom in a ratty slip covered chair? You know, when you figure out what works and what feels good, that's where you need to start. That's where you need to start building. And then what I want you to do is once you figure out your get it done formula, how you're going to get this thing done that you really, really want to get done, I want you to send me a message and announce what scary but exciting new thing you'll be taking on after listening to this podcast. Are you going to go back to school? Are you going to sign up for that program that will give you the training to do what you've always really wanted to do? Are you going to start your own podcast, your own business? Are you going to record that album? Let me know whatever it is. I really, really want you to share it with me. And I know that, again, if it is right there, in the sweet spot where your values, your strengths, your talents, skills, passions, and purpose intersect, I know that you can do it. Finally, I just want to thank you so much for your kindness, your spirit, your friendship, your confidence, your humor, your brilliance, and your million gold stars. You bar none are the reason that I get to live a life of meaning and I get to live my purpose, which is to show people who they are and inspire them to be it. I am eternally grateful for your confidence and support in me and of me. So that's what I have for you for today. My goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews, well, they just really help. One more thing, if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, 
go to my website at tracyoutsuga.com and leave me an audio message or reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuga.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.